Welcome to the Goalie Hacks podcast, the show dedicated to providing elite tips, hacks, and strategies to take your game to the next level, where we help you become an elite goaltender, one hack at a time. And now, here's your host, Mike Santaguida. Bang, bang. How's everybody doing? Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Mike Santaguida, and thanks again for tuning in. Shout out to my newest patron this week. Ben Willett, who over the weekend joined the Hacker Tier, where I work 1v1 with goalies on their development, side-by-side with a pro goaltender on their mental game, on-ice play, and most importantly, their recruiting efforts and how to get an opportunity that's the right fit for you at the next level. So if you're interested in catapulting your development, moving your career forward faster, more efficiently, and getting the cheat codes to getting to the next level, Definitely hit me up directly or head to patreon.com slash goalie hacks in the show notes for more details. This week on the show, I was super pumped to be joined by Matt Goleta, starting goalie for the number one ranked team in Division I hockey this season and top five ranked team in the last three years. Matt has a long history of being a standout goaltender, nabbing several, several awards during his time at Cornell, including a Hobie Baker Award finalist and an All-American his freshman year. And today we dive deep into what exactly it takes to become championship material and what exactly it takes to become one of Division I college hockey's best. Shout out to our sponsor, NeuroTracker, and shout out to our internal NeuroTracker League monthly winners. If you guys haven't heard yet, every month we internally compete against each other to see who has the best scores and who is the most improved. You know, a little friendly competition to push everyone and have fun in the process while getting better. So shout out to Christian Triani with a 3.22 and the highest score of the month with an honorable mention going out to Cam Smith with a 3.03. Both currently members of my inner circle and longtime GH community members. And shout out to Dominic Wenner on being the most improved, improving 231%. Wow, since the inception of his trial subscription that he won from the podcast giveaway we do every week, by the way. And he did that in less than four weeks. He loved his experience so much that he's now getting started on the platform full-time. An honorable mention for most improved, going out to a Boston University commit and incoming freshman, Vincent Duplessis, who recently got started on the NTX as well and had some great feedback from his experience to date. If you're looking to get started with the NTX, hit me up directly with their goalie, parent, or coach you know, on my Instagram or by email at goaliehacks at gmail.com for more details. Without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. I know you guys are going to love the chat Matt and I had today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Goalie Hacks podcast. I couldn't be more excited today to be joined by three-time ECAC Division I college hockey champion and our first active college goaltender on the show, Matt Goleta. Matt has been a standout goaltender dating back to his minor hockey days where he won back-to-back championships with St. Andrews College playing prep school out in Canada, while also picking up the Goaltender of the Year Award in 2014-15. He then moved on to play almost 100 games in the BCHL for two seasons, nabbing second-team All-Star and having an opportunity to represent T-Canada West in the World Junior Challenge, eventually heading to Cornell, where he's played the last three seasons, where he's now on track to be crowned as one of the best goaltenders to ever play for the Cornell Big Red. His list of accolades goes on and on, and we'll dive deep into each year as we get going with the conversation. 
Matt, how you doing, man? Thanks for coming on the show, bro. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's nice to meet you, buddy. Shout out to Ethan Farrenbaker, uh, member of my inner circle for her, for hooking me and Matt up. Uh, you know, Matt, Ethan definitely looks up to you a lot, and and for good reason. And um, I couldn't be happier to dive into detail into your success over the years today. Uh, it, it sounds like you opted to stay in the states during COVID. Uh, were you thinking about heading back to Canada at all at any point? What's going on with your with your visa right now? It sounds like it's a mess over there. Uh, yeah, I was I was planning on going back to Canada for sure. Um, I came down here right after um, our season ended, and uh, I was just coming down um, for the weekend to uh, visit my girlfriend because she was abroad um, yeah. in London. So I came down, and then school got shut down, and then the borders closed, and everything happened so quickly and um yeah it was just that one of the big biggest things for me was that if, if i were to go home i'd have to quarantine for two weeks and that's two weeks without a gym or anything like that and yeah, I'm not kidding. if i were to come back over another two weeks in quarantine so it just it just seemed a lot easier for me to um to stay down here for the summer and uh i've been i've been enjoying it for sure good well are you doing anything in particular right now to sort of stay in shape and stay in the groove yeah, a um, lot of workouts. My trainer from home's been sending me stuff to do. Um, but other than that, a lot of um, a lot of a lot of golf and a lot of tennis. Those those are the things that, <laughs> that really that really keep me in it in the summer. So um, yeah. it's it's always fun to try uh, different things that you're not able to do during the season. So uh, yeah, I love doing those things right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mentioned I, I'm I'm not a huge golfer. I'm I'm not very good, but I actually do play a lot of tennis with my buddies. Uh, it's really fun. I, I used to play a lot of uh, squash actually while I was in oh, yes. you ever play yeah. that. Oh yeah, we used to play that at uh, St Andrews. Uh, it's always fun until you get hit with the ball. So <laughs> yeah, or you get a racket in the nose or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, let's jump right into it. And you know, maybe you can start off by just talking about you know how you got into hockey um, and goaltending and a bit about your journey and how to how to how we got to where we are today. Yeah, so I, I was, uh, I mean, I grew up playing hockey like any Canadian kid. I mean, most Canadians put their kids in hockey, so um, yeah. that was a no-brainer for me. But uh, I was actually a forward. Um, I think it was a, I was a left winger. I was had a pretty decent shot. wasn't the best skater there was out there. But um, How long did you play forward for? To what age? I played until I was in second grade so going into third grade that was my year I fully switched to being a goalie and um I don't even really know the reasoning behind it I I think (laughs) I really I really like the helmets and goalie helmets and all that stuff and I I was kind of mesmerized by that aspect of it and um I mean another reason I don't know I, I just my dad really didn't want me to be a goalie so um I yeah, he's got to pay kind the of, bills. That right? kind of, yeah, that kind of gave me a little more fuel to be a goalie, just because he didn't really, <laughs> want me, really want me to be one. So, um, I don't know. I it worked out well, um, and I'm and I'm sure he's really happy now too. But um, it was a bit. It was it was a bit of both of um, of those things. So, yeah. And how come you decided to? Uh, you know, you played AAA for for the Markham Waxers, from what I saw, and then you decided to go prep school. You know, what was sort of um you know why did you decide to go that route initially uh yeah so my first year of AAA hockey actually was um in eighth grade so I'm from Aurora Ontario 
Um, and I played for the Aurora Tigers. I played double A growing up. Um, so my first year of triple A was with eighth grade. And I, I actually played for the Central Ontario Wolves, which is about an hour drive from Aurora. So um, every single practice for my dad was an hour drive and it was in wow. the middle of nowhere in Lindsay, Ontario. So yeah. um, that was my first taste of triple A hockey. And then after that year, my dad got the coaching position for Markham. So nice. Um, that, that's why I went to Markham and I played there for two years and uh, absolutely loved it. It was a great spot, a lot closer um, to home. Um, and then from there, um, I ended up going to St. Andrews, but, uh, so I'm sure you probably don't know this about me, but, um, I grew up on campus at St. Andrews. My dad was the director of residential life there. Um, so I spent my my whole childhood on campus at St. Andrews, um, growing up there. And I always, and I went to school there starting in grade six. Um, so I always looked up to the guys on the varsity hockey team and, I always remember going to their big tournament, the McPherson tournament and seeing the energy there. And I always wanted to be a player for their team. So um, really it was a no brainer for me that uh, I wanted to go to St. Andrews. So the opportunity was there and I was comfortable with the situation. So um, that's really the reasoning as to why, um, why, why I went to St. Andrews. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool, man. I didn't, I did not know that at all. So how was that? growing up in sort of that environment do you think that um you know helped with your development yeah i mean um 100 um having access to all the facilities and being around older guys um playing playing sports with them whatever road hockey soccer i mean just having other people to look up to i think definitely um definitely helped me be more competitive um Mm -hmm. at a younger age and um definitely translated to other aspects of my life yeah yeah i was actually taught i was having this conversation with uh older gentleman uh a couple weeks ago where he was like uh you know think about all the money you spent driving an hour for triple a hockey think about all the money the gas the hotels and you know all that sort of stuff that comes with the territory and he's because i was like oh well you know prep school is kind of expensive he's like when you really boil it down it's actually not that much different and, and you actually get a, quite a significant amount of, of benefit out of sort of having all that stuff localized, including mentors and teachers and coaches and not just the facilities. Obviously, I'm a little biased. I went to prep school, too. Um, but I, I look back at it as one of the greatest experiences of my life. And um, obviously, you've gone on to greatness. But uh, while you were there, you know, you're, you won two regional championships two years in a row. And you're named the, the top goaltender in the region as well. You know, had you ever won a league championship up up to that point? Um, um I might have won one with the Aurora Tigers double A in like third grade. Um, yeah. But other than that, uh, no, never. We won some tournaments, but up to that point, I mean, that was my first league championship um, with St. Andrews for sure. Yeah. And what do you think helped you early on in your career, either like mentally or physically? Um, that allowed you to thrive and, and become a champion at that level at such a young age? Yeah, I think one is that I was fortunate enough to play on some great teams um, with some great players and a great coaching staff. So I think um, that's definitely one of the reasons that, that really helped me. But I think the other main thing was just is just having a short memory. Um, mm. 
I mean, I, I think too many kids nowadays in minor hockey or even juniors in college, um, they just, they just think too critically about themselves and, um, they think too critically about the game they just played or the game they're about to play. Um, I think just for myself, when I'm, when I'm playing hockey, when I was growing up, I was able to forget pretty quickly about the game I just played in the goal. I just gave up in practice. Um, so I think that's one thing that definitely really helped me um, at such a young age was just was just having a short memory and really yeah. just loving the game and, and having fun and not really um, caring too much if I let a goal in or anything like that. So how did you, is that just something that's, I guess, a part of your personality or, or you know, like what would you sort of say to yourself to help you move on? Um, whenever you'd get hung up on a thought or, or on a game or something like that, do you have sort of a process that you developed early on? Yeah. I, th- I think one thing I say to myself is uh, stop the puck, track the puck and, and have some fun. I think those three things really um, emphasize goaltending. I mean, tracking the puck, finding yeah. it where it is, stopping it. I mean, and then I think most importantly is just having fun and, and, not being so tight and so tense, just enjoy, enjoy where you are and, and, and have a little fun with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It can, uh, it, the anxiety for, for, you know, some kids can, can build up, but I think having, uh, some of those anchor techniques and, and some things that can bring you back to being in that moment can allow you to have fun. Like you were saying, right. Yeah, um, for sure. But then you move on to play junior and, and you decide to go play out in the BCHL for two seasons. Um, when you first got to the league in junior hockey, what was the hardest part for you uh, about transitioning from prep to junior at that level? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things for me was just getting used to the whole routine. I mean, um, it was my first time moving away from home, living on the West Coast. Yeah. Um, in Victoria and I mean you're playing with older guys Um, you're playing more games in a season Uh, you're playing games throughout the week so I think that's that was one of the things was just that it's a whole totally different routine thrown at you Um, and you and you have to see how you're able to um, get attested to to that level of play really quickly I mean personally I think the level of play was just I just remember older guys and harder shots I, I i didn't feel like i was any anything out of place when i was playing there yeah um but i think the one thing was just getting used to the the whole routine mm-hmm. and and if you could go back to the beginning and and tell yourself one thing before you went to junior you know to help you have more success what what would that be um i think the one thing i say to myself would just be like be patient um here's here's a good story um my first year in the bchl um showed up had a good training camp um my team was 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 all right we weren't too great that year but all i remember was my first start we played nanaimo and nanaimo we lost 4-1 or whatever Hmm. have our home opener at home we we lose again and then we lost like 10 games in a row. So I actually never won my first game um, <laughs> oh my until, goodness, like, until like, until like October 23rd or something crazy like that. 
Um, wow. And we're the, my first win was against the Powell River Kings. I remember that they were the they were the number one t- team in our division. They lost like one game um, so far in like their first twelve games or whatever. Yeah. And it was like, oh my, like these guys are coming into our rink tonight, and what's gonna happen? So. Yeah. we somehow won the game i think it was like seven five or something crazy like that and that was my first uh my first win in the juniors so um it's a solid win man <laughs> yeah i think just like being patient and trusting the process and not really rushing into things and even when things aren't going well um you don't really if you think you're doing the things that that need to be done you really don't have to change them i mean sometimes it's bad bounces unlucky you just have to stick with mm-hmm. the process and um and do your thing and eventually the results will come so yeah so for that through that first 10 games and then and then sort of finally breaking through there um you know what do you think was maybe one of the biggest contributing factors of you guys getting over the hump and and for you personally getting your first one yeah i i really believe uh, just um I mean, once you get that first win, it's kind of a snowball effect. You get you gain more confidence, and and you're like, okay, like I, I belong in this league. Let's like yeah. let's make something happen. Like you're excited for the next game. You're ready to go. Um, I think just building that confidence from from that point, um, really matured my game and really allowed me to just go out on the ice and uh, be myself, be free, and um, really just enjoy where I am at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in your second year in the league, your numbers increased uh, very well. You know, albeit you're, you're considering you guys went on a 10 game skid right off the <laughs> bat. Your, your rookie year it was pretty excellent as well. <laughs> um, and, and you played in, in 16 playoff games and, and had awesome numbers there too. your second year. Um, and you also had an opportunity to play for Team Canada West in the World Junior Challenge, which is which is awesome. I'm sure that was an amazing experience. Um, where do you think you grew the most? Uh, from year to year in that league that allowed you to excel in your second season in junior and, and to be considered as one of the best goalies in Canada? Yeah, I, I really think I, I, I remember I worked really hard that summer and um, I had a, I had a ton of confidence after after my first year. I started talking to some uh, started talking to a lot of schools that year and um, really I just felt like a more mature kid, um, more mature kid in that. I, I think I was I was acting a little more professional um, in the sense mm-hmm. of what I was doing um, at the rink and away from the rink. Um, started to take care of my body a little more. Um, I really think just my overall mindset of the game and where I could potentially get to really, I was really aware of that. And I really tried to just put everything I had um, had into hockey at that time to try to just get a little better and have a great um second year on bc yeah and you said you know you started being a little more professional at the rink away from the rink you know what were some things that you did that allowed you to sort of find some consistency you know step up a little more often you know what was it your nutrition was it your sleep or was it working out any of those things during the year yeah i think one of the one of the bigger things for me would be, um, nutrition. Um, mm. when, when I'm at, uh, when I'm at home training, I, I usually train, um, with Gary Roberts. 
Nice. And so um, he's a big nutritionist guy and being able to see what they do and, and all the stuff, what the pros do, being around those guys really um, opened my eyes and, and allowed me to um, see what it really takes to, to be at that level and what those guys are doing to um, enhance their performance in any little way. Yeah. So I think just being able to pick little things um, from those guys' habits and, and what they're eating and all, all the new trends and, and whatever, I think that really gave me a little bit of an edge going into that year. And um, mm-hmm. that's still something that I really um, think is important in the game. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for kids looking to make that transition to junior hockey this upcoming season, uh, what's some what's some advice that you have for them so they can be more prepared for the challenges when they come, similar to what you faced? Yeah, so like like I was saying, just being patient. But I think the other thing is just like don't beat yourself up. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, every, everyone's everyone's had a bad day. Everyone's had their coach yell at them before. Um, I mean, it definitely will happen when you're playing junior hockey eventually. So I, I mean from when that first time happens or, or when you have that first bad game and the coach yells at you, it's just like, don't beat yourself up. Um, I, I think so many kids, um, after they get yelled, I would just be crying for, for yeah, a day or, or whatever. They just won't talk to anybody. They're all sour. And I think that's not healthy for, for anybody playing hockey. Um, and I don't think that's healthy for any individual. So I think, personally from experience is just uh letting letting things slide um pretty quickly i mean maybe sulk about it for an hour or two but then um get right back at it the next day when you're at practice just um just work a little harder do do the little things and i think um when it's all said and done um the results will eventually come just be patient and don't beat yourself up yeah you got to embrace that process a bit and then, you know, you sort of pick nitpick some things and coaches yell and scream and even sometimes players in your own team. And you got to sort of be able to, um, you know, I, I guess the way I like to refer, uh, look, refer to it is, you know, avoiding some of those distractions of, you know, like beating yourself up. So huge distraction rather than focusing on like what you need exactly to get better. Is it you need to get more patient? You need to you know, work on those backdoor plays, you need to, you know, uh, be quicker on your feet, whatever it is, better play reads. Um, And I think that if you're so focused on beating yourself up, you're not focused on that process and like what it's going to take to really get over that hump. Um, Yeah. I mean, the process, I mean, the process is, uh, it's the grind. You gotta, you gotta love the process. You, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a 24 seven job. I mean, even Sundays you gotta recover. It's, it's, you gotta you gotta follow the process and you, and you gotta love the process because that's that's the way where that's the way you get better and that's the way um, you're able to play at the the next level. Yeah, do you, uh, it, it's funny. Well, I, I I mentioned earlier that I had Ben Sire, your your coach, on the show, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, and and he couldn't stress more about the process. Um, is that something that he stresses to you guys in the in the room to everybody? Yeah, the process at. Um, the process is very uh, much um, a thing at Cornell and, and it should be on any team, but yeah, Benny, Benny loves to talk about the process and, and uh, so do all our coaches. It's um, it's in our locker room. And I mean, everyone on our team, everyone on our team loves the process. We love blocking shots on, 
a pregame skate. Um, <laughs> we love doing all, we love doing all the little things. It's, it's, it's what we do and, that, and that's our team's culture. So um, the yeah. process is a big thing at Cornell and uh, we all love it. So, yeah, well, let's dive right into your time there. You know, an absolutely incredible three years you've had so far. Um, but maybe we can start right at the beginning and maybe you can just touch on, you know, briefly on uh, not coming in as a true freshman, maybe taking, I saw you took a couple of years to play junior and, uh, you know, you have a bit of a late birthday in October. Do you think taking a couple of years extra to develop worked in your favor? And, and if you could go back, would you do it again? hundred um, percent. I mean, uh, at the time I was, at the time I graduated St. Andrews, I, I really don't think I was ready to play college hockey at the time. Um, I just had a great year at St. Andrews, but I really think I, that I needed a, a taste of juniors to really, really to be ready. Um, I mean, the level of play from prep to college is astronomical. So yeah, um, just, <laughs> just being able to go into juniors and uh, play some games there really, really lets you see what the other competition is like. And, uh, really allows you to to kind of grow into yourself and uh grab some confidence before heading into college so i think personally for me um it was 100 percent worth it i mean some goalies some goalies are ready right right out of high school and, and that's 100 percent okay but uh i think for a majority of goalies um mm-hmm. a lot of them need time to develop in juniors whether that's one year two years um or three years um, and I, and I think, um, I think for a lot of guys, that's something that they, that they should look into if, 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 if they, if they're not interested into playing like division one, if they, some, I know some guys go, uh, right out of high school and play like D3, but, um, I think for some of those guys, maybe, maybe give it a second look, um, and try out mm-hmm. juniors to see if, if you're maybe able to get, to get that division one scholarship, but, uh. I definitely would do it again um, in a heartbeat because it, it was the right decision for me. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and uh, you know, I think that there's a, a huge mis- misconception amongst young goaltenders. And even when I was 18 years old, you know, like I came out of prep and, you know, you do have a pretty good run like you did, right? And, you know, maybe in the back of your head, you're thinking, well, maybe I should be committed, right? Why not? And then you sort of... Uh, you go to juniors and you get a bit of a wake up call. And then when you get to college, you know, when I got there, when I was 20, I, you know, I, I, I wondered for years, you know, why nobody wanted me at like 17, 18 years old. And my first game ever was against North Dakota in North Dakota. And, uh, yeah, that's a tough I, one. <laughs> I, oh yeah. Thrown right into the fire. And it couldn't have been more clear that day that I, I totally understood why people waited and and for everybody listening well it's funny you know looking back because when I was in prep school uh, I graduated in in 2011 um, you know that wasn't really like a huge huge thing then like I remember my coach coming to me and uh, you know because I had gotten like an offer for d3 school and I was like well I want to play d1 and uh, he's like, well, what are you going to do? You're going to go play junior and like, what, what's going to come? And I was like, well, yeah, like, what do you mean? I'm going to try, you know, and, and I would have regretted it for the rest of my life if I didn't. And then from a development standpoint, I couldn't agree with you more um, that I needed that before going to college or I would have been in a tough, tough spot going in um, young, but you excelled in your rookie season. 
right? But maybe you can talk about your expectations of, of D1 hockey. Like I just sort of said what, what mine was versus how it was when I got there. Um, and maybe break down what the hardest part about transitioning from junior to D1 hockey was for you. Yeah, I mean, my expectations going into Cornell, I really I really had no idea what to expect. I mean, um, going to school for the first time in two years, it was for me. I haven't, right. haven't taken a course in two years. So, I, I mean, thrown into that. Uh, I, I mean, uh, at Cornell, our season doesn't start till end of October because Ivy League schools um, aren't allowed to – they have like a two- or three-week extra – cushion for academics um so our season start later than most schools um but just throw i remember being thrown into that fire was just having to be grinding in the library every night so i think getting used to school is pretty tough uh to begin with but um even even the hockey side um i really didn't know what to expect i never even saw um a game at cornell before i even committed to them so um (laughs) but i remember my first college game um I played um, Alabama Huntsville. Nice. Um, it was our first game, and um, our other goaltender that year um, was a senior, and I, one of my classmates, uh, Austin McGrath. But um, so I, going into my freshman year, I really had no idea if I, if I was gonna play. I I really yeah. had no idea. I mean, obviously, I believe that, and um, I thought that could happen. But we had a senior. His name was Hayden Stewart. Um, yeah, I actually played with Hayden. Oh, really? No way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we played together in Knoxville in the SPHL. Uh, awesome, I love it. Yeah, he's a good dude. I remember going to like our our first first captain skate or captain's practice or whatever, and I and I see Stu, he's he's skating. I'm like, oh, this guy's this guy's big. He's moved quickly. Uh, I'm like, <laughs> I'm gonna have I'm gonna have <laughs> I'm gonna have a tough time here. And um, I remember we like we're doing scrimmages and like. I'm letting in a couple goals and like no one can score on Stu for like three practices in the scrimmage. I'm like, Oh boy. Wow. Here we go. So he, he actually, he actually, um, he got, he got hurt um, at the beginning of the season um, before uh-huh. our season even started. So I remember getting the call. I was going to, uh, I was going to dinner on a Thursday night. We play the next day. My coach, uh, or one of our assistant coach texted me like, you're playing tomorrow. So I'm like, all right, here we go. Like, I'm all, <laughs> I'm all jacked up. I'm like, all right, whatever. Here we go. Let's go. Yeah, first college yeah. game, first, first game possible. Like, let's, let's get after it. So I remember Alabama on so crowd was crazy. Um, we played at home at Lina, and um, it was, it was a great game. We ended up winning uh, five, five one, I think, six one. Nice. But uh, I had a, sh- a shutout going. Um, they scored like five minutes left and I was like, Oh, that would have been like uh, unreal. Like that would have been awesome. Like first yeah. college game, like first win, first shutout. Like that would have been like so cool. Um, yeah. So, I mean, after that first game, I just remember it was like, wow, like this is, this is absolutely insane. Like you're on cloud nine, like first college win. And then I think the one thing about college hockey is like, okay, you got to get ready to go to the next day. Now, like you got two games a week, you got Friday, Saturday games. So mm-hmm. you have to like completely forget about that one and then uh, go to the next one. So I think just the expectation of just like being able to forget about the game quickly because you got only two games and every single game of college matters. So yeah, I think just the whole schedule difference and just two games a week was just uh, – it honestly felt a lot – and it still feels – it feels like I'm at prep school again, just like that whole routine that yeah. I was already in. 
you know, and you, you talk about, uh, you know, how Stewie got hurt and, um, you got an opportunity and that's actually how I got my first opportunity too. our goalie got, he pulled his groin. He was a sophomore coming in and, uh, you know, they didn't even expect to play me much. And, um, you know, he pulled his groin. And then the next thing you know, we're playing North Dakota and, uh, starting two nights and then we're playing Penn state and then we're playing Notre Dame. And honestly, I look back at that and I'm like, you know, that probably changed the, the face of my career, you know, in college, like stepping up to the plate when that happened. Um, and maybe you can just touch on, you know, the importance of, of seizing that opportunity and maybe some things that you were saying to yourself, you know, to get you ready to, to, you know, lock up that game and, and solidify your spot at Cornell, show people that you're worth being there. Yeah, no, I mean, you have to be ready to go at any time. That's the part about being a goalie, even even if you're not the starter, um, if you're a backup goalie on any team. Like, you never know when, you're, when your opportunity is going to come. Um, and for me, I was uh, unfortunate for, for Hayden, but lucky enough for me, I was I was able to get my my first opportunity. And, I mean, the thing with when you get those opportunities is that um, you don't want to let them slip. Um you don't want to let them go because if you give if you waste an opportunity, you, you really have no idea when you're going to get another one back. So yeah. I think I think for me is just I I I knew I belonged um, in college hockey. I really believe that I could be one of the best goalies in college hockey even in my freshman year before yeah. I before I even played a game. I mean I think that's just the mindset. <laughs> I think that's, that's just the mindset. Right? That's just like yourself yeah. like that's just the mindset like I have going, going into a season or, or going yeah. into a game. I think, I don't know. I think, I don't think many goalies in minor hockey or juniors or, or college really have that if, if they're not the starting goalie. But I think just for me at every level I play, that's always been my mindset. Yeah. Um, is that I want to be the top goalie this year. Um, you don't, you really have no idea how you're going to get, how you're going to get there, how you're going to get that opportunity. But I mean, when it comes, um, you don't want to give anything away. I think one one thing I one thing I um, used to say to myself, and I have it in my phone, is uh, don't leave anything on the table. Like you have to perform, and um, yeah. I think that's I think that's one thing when you when you get that opportunity, like just give it everything you have because you don't know if you're gonna get an, another opportunity if you don't perform. So yeah, yeah, and and you know you talk about um, sort of you're alluding to having self-belief and uh, even when you're having bad days or even when you weren't playing, you're building that self-belief, you know, what are some things that, that you did over years, either intentionally or unintentionally? Cause I think when we're young, we don't even realize it, but we just, you know, you, you sort of build yourself up in your head. And I think, uh, you know, I, it was something um, I, I read a, a quote from like a, a hall of fame golfer. And he said, I never miss a single shot in my head. Um, and for you, you know, what was something that you did to sort of build that self-belief? Yeah. Um, yeah. One, one thing that um, I started doing in, in, in minor, minor hockey before games and I still do it today is just like listening to some music before a game and um, just having a routine and just like, I just listened to the song and like telling myself in my head that like, like, like I'm gonna be the best player on the ice tonight. Like, yeah. Like, like, like kind of stuff like that. Just like track the puck. Like, like, like this is my this is my show tonight. Like, yeah. yeah like, don't let yeah. anyone like take anything from you. I mean, just like 
I think just stuff like that, just like having that soft belief in your head that like you're going to go out there tonight and, and like be the man. I think, I think that's something that, um, that I've used to my advantage over the years. And mm-hmm. um, it's something I do. It's something I've been doing since minor hockey with Markham to um, today. And um, it's worked out just fine for me. So, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. And for goaltenders looking to make that transition to college, you know, what do you think is one skill or character trait that they can focus on that you think will translate the best from minor hockey to college hockey? Yeah, I think, one thing is probably just be like be detail oriented um have a mm. schedule every day know what you're doing um when you're on the ice um make sure make sure you're doing all the little details just don't go out there and um kind of just flop around and i like track follow your follow your rebounds track the puck um do the small things so when you're able to get that chance in a game um, you're ready to go so yeah well, well, going over your accolades that first season, uh, just crazy, man. You were named an All-American, Hobie Baker finalist, All-Ivy League Player of the Year, All-Ivy League Rookie of the Year, All-Ivy League First Team ECAC Goaltender of the Year, Rookie of the Year, First Team All-Star, All-Rookie Team, and you guys won the ECAC regular season. That's awesome. Just a crazy rookie year for, for you, man. So congrats on those accolades. Um, but what do you think contributed so much to your success as a rookie you know, your first seater propel you to obtain all those awards uh, after you got that first win under you. Yeah, I mean, it, it helps when your when your team was ranked number one in the country uh, for for a week, and uh, <laughs> and when your team's consistently ranked um, up at the top and um, up that year. I think we we're like we we're usually top five that year, but um, I think five, like up up to that year, I think. Um, Going into Christmas, my numbers honestly weren't even—they um, weren't that great, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I was—I um, think I had like a two-one and a nine-ten save percentage, which is, I mean, pretty good. It's pretty um, solid. <laughs> yes, I mean, solid, solid, solid for a freshman. But I—I um, I, I don't know what I, I think. I was like eight and two at that point, and like had those numbers. Yeah. Um, but then like. I don't think I was even, I wouldn't, I don't think I'm considered for any of those awards at that point um, of the season with those numbers. I think I'm just like an average guy. Like no one probably really has even ever even heard of me yet. on like any of these teams or whatever, mm-hmm. but I think just for me that freshman year, I really kind of just exploded that second half. Um, I remember going nice. home, I remember going home at Christmas time. The last game I played in that um, before that half was against Miami, Ohio. Um, in Miami, Ohio, I got pulled. Um, Stu, Stewie went in. Stewie started the next night, got a shutout. So, mm. bang, go home for Christmas. Um, first two games back, Stewie plays. Yeah. Uh, we win. We win again. And then right before we were supposed to play Quinnipiac, we were playing Quinnipiac that night, like, right before Benny Sire texted me at, like, 5 o'clock, like, hey, like, Stewie's, like, not feeling too well. I'm like, whole I'm like, oh my, like Quinnipiac, like these guys are these guys are legit, like Yeah. Like, oh my, like, okay, I gotta get ready, like, let's get to the rink, like let's let's get everything going. And um I think I got I think I got a shutout that game. I I did. And then Wow. From there on it was like shutout, 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 like two goals, shutout, shutout. It was just I don't know, it just I just blacked out and I just 
was like, okay, move on to the next game. Like, let's go here, boys. Like, yeah, it was just, it was just pretty, it was just, I don't know. Like, it's just crazy to think about it. And then I just looking, looking after the season and seeing what I did, it was just, um, I don't know. I, I it's, I still think it's pretty cool. And I, it, no, no one could take it away from me, but um, For sure. a lot definitely had to do with um, the way our team was playing at the time too. We were hot. We weren't losing any games. And um, I think for anybody is just, if you have team success, um, those those accolades for yourself will come as well if you're performing. So, yeah, well, I think you did a good job of just being process oriented while all that was going on, right? You weren't second guessing yourself. You were just sort of, you know, in that moment, um, which is exactly you know how you sort of. It's funny talking to a lot of guys who sort of get those awards, and uh, it's very humble of you to you know. Uh, contribute a lot of of your success to the team but um you know like you said you got those awards you you know you ain't being all american um and i just know from experience unless you're doing something special so um you know what i mean i think just you were just so process oriented from what it sounds like and like you meant alluded to earlier in the conversation you know just having that short memory um being in that moment and and, and just having fun with it i guess right yeah for, for sure um, and then throughout the course of the year, you know, during that second half, um, you know, what do you think helped you be so consistent? Was it during the week or, or, you know, during, during the games, either mentally or physically, like, did you settle into a routine finally? Was there a certain drill or mental routine you did or recovery or off ice, anything like that? Yeah. Um, I, I think mentally for mentally for sure. Um, I think my, my mental game has been very consistent since, since I've been in minor hockey and I, I think it's been working for me. So I really haven't tweaked anything, but I think that year I used, uh, I used an app called Headspace. Um, nice. I'm sure you've heard of, and um, I don't know. I, re- I really liked it and I used to do it every night before going to bed that year. Um, and it really just helped, helped me calm down um, and just get ready for the next day. But um, as far as, as far as physically goes, I think just having that one drill, um, one drill in practice that makes you feel good about yourself. Um, especially if you have a bad, mm-hmm. if you have a bad practice or whatever, just get to that one drill and um, feel good, feel good about yourself before going off the ice. Um, for me, I think I really like tracking pucks and um, I like shots from far out. Just kind of just catching pucks, feeling them, just getting getting your eyes on them. It really really helps me um personally just um yeah to be dialed in and um to have my game at uh peak performance yeah and then in your championship games you know for the ECAC title uh what are some things that you either say to yourself or do to manage your anxiety and stay focused during before you know the contest what would you say is your biggest hack that helped propel you to victory yeah, well, we actually lost. We lost the ECAC. <laughs> oh, we, did you guys really? We 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 won like the ECAC title every year for like finishing first, like in the, like finishing first in like our conference. Uh, but like when tournament time came around, so first crack at it, um, played Princeton in the semis. We we're in one seed, they were eight seed. We lost three one, so we went home. Um, I think I really I really didn't change anything. Um personally um to, to when to when i was there i think one thing i like to say to myself during games is right when you think you got it you just lost it i think yeah. that's just for me it's just a way to 
to not think ahead because if you're like start thinking oh like the period's done in five minutes like i have a shutout going like let's go like that's when you get scored on i i feel mm-hmm. like so just having that mental awareness um really helps me um but our second crack at it was um my sophomore year yeah uh, we made it to the finals played clarkson uh 2-2 overtime here we tell well, we tie it up with like five minutes left like to send it to overtime nice and then overtime comes along and then uh <sighs> The net fell on top of me and uh, my I sprained my MCL, so no. uh, I uh, I had to leave. I couldn't play. I I, I left the game. Um, then we wow. lost a couple minutes later, and wow, that was our out. And then obviously this year we never were able to play. But uh, those were, those were two cracks at it. But um, I think that's one thing that um, that I say to myself during games. Just right when you think you got it, you just lost it. It really just helps you. Um, to stay focused out there and, and not think yeah. ahead and just just think of the next puck that's coming in or, or reading the play that's developing. So, Yeah. And I want to rewind a little bit, you know, sort of get your analysis of some big picture stuff, you know. Um, what were some things that you either found out about yourself or learned along the way that were, you know, some of the biggest things that helped you grow into someone worth winning all those awards and being considered for the Hobie Baker that first year? Yeah, I think just um, being resilient. Um, I mean, I I didn't even make all the teams I tried out for growing up. Um, I remember I tried out for like the York Simcoe Express, my whatever. When I was like seventh and eighth grade, I didn't I didn't make the team, and um, it is like I didn't really didn't really get to me. I didn't really care. It was what it is. But then. Um, I, I think I was able to play for them my minor midget year, but I decided to stay with for Markham because I was going to get um, a lot more playing time. But I think um, after that year, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people uh, listening or have went through the OHL draft or are going to go mm-hmm. through the OHL draft. And I think um, going to the draft that year, I, I thought I, I thought I was going to get drafted, and I ended up not getting drafted. And I think I was I was kind of bummed about that and. Um, I think that's one turning point in your hockey career is where you can either say, okay, like I'm done. I'm going to give up and hang up the skates. Like I'm going to go, I don't know, do whatever. Um, but instead um, I was like, okay, like not a problem. Like I want to play college hockey. That's always been my dream. So uh, I'm going to go, go after it and give it everything I have. Um, mm-hmm. So I think for me, the OHL draft not getting drafted was was something that really um, fueled my 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 fire and passion and um, really get, really helped get me to where I where I am today, which is college hockey and being able to play in those big big games. So yeah, and considering those enormous awards like All American, Ivy League Player of the Year, you know, what do you think is the biggest factor that holds guys back from achieving such greatness and you know, being considered for awards like that. What do you think is the biggest probably misconception amongst young goaltenders, you know, that are looking to win awards of that magnitude? Yeah, I think um, like the big thing is that they're just too focused um, on the result or, or, the, or the picture. Like before a season starts, that's, that's all they're envisioning is like, like um, getting personal accolades, like, like, I, I mean I, I don't think that that's that's healthy for, for some guys to do. Um 
I don't think you can just be looking at any season and just saying, okay, this is what I want to do. Um, I mean, hockey's a team sport and, um, I think what a lot of young guys need to, need to, um, to know and learn is that, um, without team success that you're probably not going to get any of those accolades or, or anything like that. So Mm. I think you really just have to be focused, be in the moment and, um, and play throughout the year. You can still have that as your, as your end goal, but it shouldn't come up again during the season until like the final horn's gone at the end of the year. Um, you really just have to, um, play hard throughout the season and, um, be a team oriented guy first and all the stuff later will come if, if your performance is there. So, yeah, I love that. You sort of, uh, focus on getting and getting the wins with the team and the numbers sort of come with that. Right. Yeah, for sure. I think that's, a, I think that's a big thing for, for any goalie. So, yeah. Well, you guys go to win the you win the EC, EC title again in your your sophomore year, and then a third time making that three years in a row. Um, you know, picking up Ivy League Player of the Year, Ivy League First Team, ECAC Third All Star Team, and USCHO Third Team. Um, maybe you can just touch on your experience. You know that you've gained over the years. You know how that played a role in your success, and now having played so many games. You know, what do you think in terms of experience was the biggest thing you learned over your years that's allowed you to be so consistent now? Yeah, I think one of the things is just not getting, um, don't get too excited. Um, mm. I remember my my first game, I was so excited, like on a scale of one to 10, I was like a 12. But uh, <laughs> now, like now when I go into games, like I'm dialed down to like a, a three or like a three or a four, like, yeah. like I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm fired up, but like, I'm not like, I'm not like showing my excitement. Like I'm just kind of like, I'm there. I'm, I'm mentally ready to go. I think that's, that's one thing um, that um, has really helped me is just um, finding that number of how excited I have to get to um, whether that's a three or a four, like some days it's a seven, like you have to jack yourself up when you're, when you're not feeling your best. But um, I think for, I think for me is just having that, knowledge and experience in playing in so many games is where where my body has to feel to to play at its best and i think a lot of a lot of the game has to do with how you're preparing for the game and um a lot of the results are dependent on how you prepare for the game so i think just knowing where to get yourself on that scale is um is really helpful and um has really helped me along the way yeah and and is that sort of for you is has that been uh, through a trial and error process or did you sort of find that early on in your career yeah uh, that's definitely been through a trial and error process um i don't really i don't really remember too much what i was doing at minor hockey but i, I was probably yeah. really jacked up for every game um <laughs> i think i think as you get older you really have to um kind of dial it down and, and really find how you perform and yeah, for sure, it's trial and error. I mean, going through juniors, even you gotta you gotta know where you have to be, and I think that's really helped helped me get to where I am. But uh, the first college games were definitely um, a big tester to um, to see what I had to do. So I think just playing in a lot of college games really really um, gives you a feel of of where you're supposed to be, and um, yeah, it's really helped me. 
And for other young goaltenders, you know, trying to find that consistency, what's your biggest suggestion for them? Um, yeah, I think one thing for younger goalies to find consistency would just be like, have like a bread and butter drill that you love doing that makes you feel good about yourself. Um, mm-hmm. I think consistency with consistency, you have to build confidence as well. And without confidence, I think you're going to lack consistency. So just having that one drill that makes you feel good about yourself and, and you're having fun doing, I think really builds your confidence, which, which leads to your more consistent results um, in your games. Yeah. And personally for you, I'm just curious, you know, what do you see as maybe your two or three biggest strengths in your game and, and sort of your identity? Yeah, I think my strongest strength, honestly, I think is my, is my mental game. Um, I think it's been like that for for a long time with just kind of my self-belief um, going into games and going into, going throughout a season. I think just that having that mental awareness and um, mental ability to just, just have no doubt in what you're about to do. Um, I think another one is um my hockey iq um mm-hmm. i think i think i'm i think i'm very good at kind of just reading certain reading, play. reading certain plays reading certain scenarios just being experienced uh having having played a lot of games just kind of being a being a step ahead of everyone and um i think i think another one was just um one thing that really helps my game is just, um just covering the bottom of the net i, I got i'm a pretty big butterfly and um, nice. I, I think that's something that, that, that helps me is just knowing that when I go down, I got the whole bottom of the net covered. So just having that, having that awareness of where the net is and what I'm able to cover um, really builds your confidence. Um, knowing that you knowing the guy shooting has no chance of scoring. If you know, like, this is where you are, this is where the puck is coming down yeah. the sidewall. Like, you know, like if I go down, like I'm making the save. So, I think just building that confidence and, and um, knowing where your net is and knowing where you are um, just really helped me. So, yeah, and and I think that uh, you know, and and I kind of say this a lot to some younger guys. Like when you get to that next level, you know, you need to find areas of your game where you know that you sort of have that ninety nine percent chance of like stopping guys, and that sort of gives yeah. you confidence. Um, and playing into it plays into sort of reading the play and they're like, there are a few things where, you know, I'll bait guys into certain areas like on, uh, you know, guys coming down the wing and you sort of give them that short side thinking he can just go shelf. And then you go into like a VH instead of an RVH, you know, and kind of shut that down. That's just something for me, but for you, you know, where's another area of your game where you have sort of created an edge that. You know when you know when a puck goes to this area that you're like ninety nine percent on that shot. Yeah, I think any any puck that's um, below the um, the faceoff dot in, in any zone, any puck that's below that, I know that if I'm if my my right my right foot or my left foot's on the post and I'm square to the puck with barely challenging, I know if I drop, I'm ninety nine point nine percent going to make the save. So I think. That's one thing that um, I think that's one thing actually a lot of goalies do is that if a puck's within that area, um, you see a lot of goalies that will will be challenging outside their crease. Um, yeah. Like in white ice, if you have like the old uh, old crease or whatever. Um, but I think I think 
personally, I think that's an unnecessary move for for a lot of young goalies to be that far mm-hmm. out because, I mean, the guy shooting from there really isn't too big of a threat, and um, your threat's more more of the back door and um, the backside there. So if, I, I see a lot of goalies who who are who are out far and the guy coming down passes it across and they're a fish out of water and have like no chance of making the save um, going, going to the back door. So I think for a lot of younger goalies, even is just, that's something to um, be aware of and maybe try to try it out in your game just not being too aggressive on, on shots from, from the outside and just kind of knowing that, okay, like the net's really not that, really not that big from that angle. So no, I think even in general, the net's really not that big when you sort of, uh, yeah, I always yeah. say that too with, with uh, you know, you think about goaltending. I, I think hockey goaltending is we have the highest save percentage out of any goalie in any sport. Oh, uh, yeah. Soccer goalie. <laughs> yeah, you're covering a whole ocean and net. I'm like, man, I would never want to be a soccer. Your save percentage is like 30%. Make like a couple of saves in soccer, you're like the best ever. So. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think I think that's a, to- it's a totally different sport, but yeah, I, totally. I definitely I definitely agree with you. We probably have the best save percentage out of any sport. So, well, uh, you're sort of alluding to what I like to refer to as sort of a, a crease management system, right? And you sort of find your identity, you know, based on different save selection, different depths, at different areas of the ice. Have you sort of developed the system that you play in, that you practice around, that you sort of mold your identity around? Yeah, for sure. I think I think that's one thing what I was just describing is just like kind of pucks around the perimeter. Just um, I'm a little more relaxed. Um, I'm not too I, I, in prep school. I would have been like 100% focused on the shot and 100% dialed in if the puck was on the perimeter. But I think. I've just adapted into my game, just a little more taller stance, a little, a little looser, um, ready for the shot to come. But at the same time, not like a hundred percent focused. I'm kind of seeing what other poss- possible plays are. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, just um, being a little more loose when pucks around the perimeter, and then. Um, I like to use the I like to use the RVH when when it's when it's in tight and um, I yeah. have my I have my foot on the post actually and I think that's one thing I I find it a lot easier to uh, push off if I have to go um, yeah. back door or anything like that so uh, I think those two things um, really help my game. Yeah, and for other goalies, sort of looking to I guess find that recipe that 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 management that system you know, in their game, what's some recommendations that uh, you might have for them to, to build that out and then play to that identity? Yeah, I think just get a lot of reps in. Um, I think just get a lot of practice, a lot of reps in, in practice. Um, without practice, you're really not going to get anywhere. You, you have to um, you have to be in all those game-like scenarios. Once you're in so many of them, you kind of you build that repertoire of what the next play possibly could be. So, Mm-hmm. I think without practice and without without getting all your, all your touches and all your reps in, um, really is is a disadvantage if you're not doing that. So I think just being in being in different plays in practice really helps you just kind of build that repertoire you have in the back of your head. Yeah, yeah, sort of through uh, one you got to practice it right because then when you get to the game you don't want to get into too much thinking. I'm sure exactly. with your system. yeah exactly. You just lock right into it, right? You're like, okay, he's there. This is what I'm doing. He's there. This is what I'm doing, right? And it sort of 
makes the decision making process a little more fluid when you're playing right yeah um finally we we all know that we have bad days and it's inevitable but i think the best goalies know how to play good even on their bad days and um for you when you're having a bad day do you sort of know when you're having one pretty quickly and and when you do notice you know what do you rely on or what do you say to yourself to help you work through those tough moments yeah i mean yeah i'm pretty quick to know if if, if, if i'm having a bad day i mean sometimes i go to the rink and i'm just tired and i don't i don't even know how i'm tired i, I slept like 10 hours drink a ton of water <laughs> but some days you're just not feeling your best and you get to the rink you're yeah. like, like oh boy like i have to play now so once once you get in that game it's it's going either two ways like you know right away if you, if you let in a goal you're like oh boy like this is going to be a rough night but i've ha- i've had i've have to say i've had a lot of times where going into games like not feeling the, not feeling the best but i have like an unreal game yeah so, eh? so it's it's either going one or the other way in in those in those <laughs> scenarios you're not going to be mediocre you're either going to be really good or really bad and yeah. um, that's just the way I am at, at least. But I think even when you let that, if you let that first goal in, like not to like give up and quit right away. I mean, it's, it's really, it's really easy to just throw on the towel and letting another quick two and go on the bench and get ready for the next game. But um, you really just have on those nights when you're having a bad game, you really just got to dig in and just, Instead of having that, instead of having like your energy level at like a four, you got to like get it up there, like to like a 10 and just like get her going. Like you have to give it everything. So um, I think that's for me, I I just have to like try to be a lot more dialed in um, to the game and just, I just tell myself not not to give up, just, just keep going next puck. Yeah. So. Well, that was something that Benny said about you. He said that, uh, one, you, your compete level is off the charts. And he said, two, even on a bad night, you know, he's he's playing to win. And, um, you know, he said, we know that he's going to have his off nights, but on, on your off nights, you still find ways to win. You know, what what are some things that, you know, you you think that help you, you know, kind of turn it around and, and just grind through those tough days, you know, to find those wins? Yeah, I mean... I'm a very competitive guy. Um, I'm not going to lie. And um, yeah, I think that's one thing when I go into a hockey game is that like, I want to win it. I want, I want to not just beat the other team, but I, I kind of think of every game, like a little goalie battle. Like you're playing, yeah. against, you're playing against the goalie down on the other end. So um, I think oh, yeah. that's, that's one thing you always want to outperform the other guy playing down at that other end. So um, instead of for goalies, I mean, some goalies will focus on the whole game, but, I think for me, I just kind of think of it as, as a little battle and you're playing against that other goalie and you want to be better than him. So um, I use that. I definitely use that uh, to my advantage. And um, it's definitely something that's that's helped me over the years. But uh, yeah. it really just brings out that competitive juice and really makes you want to win. You just want to beat that other goalie down the other end. So yeah. that's that's something that's, uh, that I really like to do. Yeah, you got to take pride in in the competitiveness of the game. I think that's where we can all find some fun competing, right? Yeah, for sure. Fun and yeah. res- and respectful competing for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's I'm sure there's plenty of guys you played against that you're buddies, but when you hit that ice, you play to win, right? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Well, Matt, do you have any last words of advice for everyone listening? You feel passionate about? Yeah, I, I think just for for younger guys listening, just I mean, have fun with the game. Uh, 
don't be too too down if you have a bad if you have a bad night if you have a bad practice if your coach yells at you. I mean, at a young age, especially the game's meant to be fun. Um, you, you don't want to you don't want to go to the rink and be dreading it before you even get there. Like you want to be happy when you get to the rink, and I think especially for, especially for young kids, if if you if you're if you're dreading going to the rink, you're you're doing something wrong. Um, it's, it, it might not be for you, but really just have fun with it. Just don't beat yourself off. Just just have fun with the game. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Well, I, I got I got something good though for you here. Yeah, let's um, hear it. No, right, love let's, it. Let's get it going. Um, I, <laughs> I, I I remember I saw you play one time back in the day. No way, Vermont baby. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember oh, the game? Oh yeah, I could tell you about it right now. Yeah, let's hear it. I love it. Yeah, we, I was down there with uh, with St. Andrews. We were playing um playing in like our MPHL it was called. It was a it was like our, our league, Midwest Prep League. Yeah. Um yeah. but it was yeah, it was in Burlington, Vermont. And um I forget this prep school that's even around there. Uh I have no idea. Verm- Vermont Academy, aren't they around? No, nah, it wasn't that. I've I oh, no okay, idea. okay. I have no idea what it's called. <laughs> but uh, you guys were playing Providence. John Gillies was in the other net. Um, oh yeah. I just rem- I just remember. Um, I think you guys lost. You guys lost. Oh yeah, I, we were cursed against that kid, man. Holy. Yeah, I yeah. I just re- I remember you. You you're, you're a smaller guy, and um, oh, yeah. I remember your pads were massive. I just remember that. <laughs> but yeah, you, you saw me that. my freshman <laughs> year. I think you had like Reebok P fours. Like I remember, it was <laughs> hilarious. Like. like up, up to your chest. I'm like, this guy's, I'm like, this guy's like quick. This guy's legit. <laughs> oh man, dude, I, I, I probably remember the game that we played. We, for some reason, every time we played Gillies, I think it was like after Gillies went to like the World Juniors. I don't even know. Or like, yeah, yeah, it was, idea. it was. He came back and he was like lights out, and we, we couldn't get, yeah, we couldn't score on like, every time we played him. I think yeah. I beat them once in my whole college career, and I like stood <laughs> on my head. <laughs> and we won like two one, you know what I mean. But uh, you know, always fun playing against some. Uh, you know, you I'm sure you played against some great goaltenders, man. It's it's super fun playing Division One hockey. Obviously, it's really competitive. But when you really enjoy that competitiveness of it, um, yeah, like when you're playing against that other guy, who's yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. It's a lot of yeah. Fun. That's funny, man. Uh, I I you know it's so I'll give you a little story here about my gear. So I remember I, you play, I remember you played the puck a lot too, actually. You're pretty pretty nasty at that. I remember that. But you can't in pro in pro you, you got the trapezoid now, oh, so I can't yeah. go anywhere. <laughs> I would come flying out to the corners before I'd come flying out to the blue lines, but you know, my, my identity's changed a little bit, I guess. Uh but uh, about the gear, well I I remember I I basically modeled all my gear after like Corey Crawford that year okay, when they yeah, won the yeah. cup. And I, I mean, I like the colors, but I got like a single break in my gear, uh, yeah. in the pads and they were enormous. Like I remember like you wouldn't believe how much I tried breaking these things down because I, I knew they were like the first day I had them up to my chest. People were like, are those, People wouldn't even say to me, they're like, are you sure though you got the right size, man? <laughs> oh, man. No, that's funny, dude. Uh, but but thank you for coming on the show, man. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on. I always love bringing on, you know, championship material. 
you know, active goaltenders and with the goal to hopefully shed some light on what it takes to be the best and, uh, you know, what my audience can use to hopefully propel them to, to championships and to some of those awards one day. Uh, can you just let my audience know where they can get in touch with you online? Yeah, you guys can um, um, follow me on Instagram if you guys want. Uh, it's mgalida35. Um, if you guys want to DM me or anything like that, if you have any questions, uh, definitely feel free. Yeah, right on. We'll go sauce the kid a follow. Yeah, we got a pretty good following here. We'll, we'll try and get you a couple, eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh man but he's been an incredibly standout goaltender since his minor hockey days uh, i know he has a bright future ahead of him and i know what he shared with everyone today is going to help their game uh take their game to the next level you know maybe somewhere down the show i'll have you back on man if that's something that interests you because i know you no, continue playing no, for sure it was, it was a great show tonight good good conversation yeah no i appreciate it man good luck this upcoming year uh you know you take care and we'll chat soon man yeah, no, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. All right, take care, bud. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode, guys. If you liked what you heard today, make sure to hit that subscribe button as we have tons of amazing guests lined up ready to come onto the show in the next few months. Make sure to tune in next week and every Tuesday from now on at 8 a.m. as I have another just crazy high-caliber guest coming on the show, the head strength and conditioning coach for the Ottawa Senators the last 10 years, Chris Schwartz. We dive deep into everything pertaining to off-ice work regarding goaltenders in the NHL and what exactly the pros are doing these days at the NHL level. This one was just awesome to have. So, you know, it was just a pleasure having Chris on. And I know you won't be disappointed, so make sure you tune back next week. Without further ado, here are the giveaway details for the NeuroTracker X subscription we're giving away. To enter the giveaway, if you're an Apple user, simply go to the Apple Podcast app on your phone and leave us a written review and rating. And if you're an Android user, you can also download iTunes onto your computer, search the show, and leave a written review and rating on there as well. Once you leave a review of the podcast, take a screenshot of it and either email it to goaliehacks at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram with your screenshot and your full name. If you guys are also interested in getting started with the product, feel free to hit me up either by email or Instagram direct messages to get more details. Get excited, guys. Great things ahead. I hope you enjoyed today's show, and I'll see you next week. Are you